Hey friends, welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. So glad you're here. I'm Kenzie Dazinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach. And this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. As I recite that vision statement today, it makes me so excited for those of you who show up here each and every week because I know that you're the one who's going to make a difference, who's going to make an impact in your marriage, in the lives of your family or future family, in your workplace and in your church. So, so thankful for you. Okay, if you can't tell, I've been thinking about you guys a lot this week. And as a reminder, we have two Courageous Conversations workshops coming up on September 21st and October 19th. And that October workshop is already filling up, you guys. So if you'd like to be there for the last Courageous Conversations workshop of 2019, be sure to go ahead and sign up at bravemarriage.com slash courageous-conversations. Today, we're talking about turning toward your spouse instead of turning away from them. And this could be a physically turning toward versus turning away, but really what we're talking about here is a heart posture, a mental and emotional orientation toward or away from your spouse. Now, to take you back to the sound marital house, we are still talking about building and strengthening the foundation of your marriage, which is friendship, according to Gottman. So again, if you can imagine a two-story house, friendship on the basement level of your marital house looks like building love maps and getting to know each other's worlds, which we talked about in episode 64. Friendship on the first floor or the entry level of your house looks like growing in fondness and admiration for each other like we talked about last week. And friendship on the second floor of your marital house looks like turning toward your spouse when they make a bid for connection instead of turning away from them. What do I mean by bid for connection? Well, John Gottman, a psychologist and marriage researcher, has what's called a love lab out in Washington State. And his team, what they do in this love lab is observe couples' interactions in this simulated home-like environment because they wanted couples to interact as naturally as possible given that they were participating in a research study. And so they observed couples' interactions to look for patterns, to code for certain reactions, and to code for certain physiological responses. And bids for connection is a term that came out of his research. It's when one spouse makes an attempt to interact with the other or to move toward the other emotionally. So for example, In one of the videos I watched in grad school, a husband was sitting at a table reading the newspaper and said something like, huh, interesting, and shared something from the paper with his wife. That would be classified as a bid for connection. But the wife pretty much ignored him. She went on with whatever else she was doing and neglected to take interest in what her husband was saying. And so she missed that opportunity to connect with him. Does that make sense? He made a bid for connection, and in failing to take that bid, she turned away from him instead of turning toward him emotionally. Now, what you need to know about this for your marriage is that these bids for connection and what you do with them are the little, everyday, inconsequential moments that make or break a marriage over time. They're what's called sliding door moments. And as spouses, we have the opportunity to walk through those doors and meet our partners where they are, or we cannot walk through the door 
or even shut it on our partner, okay? So in a sliding door moment, one spouse makes a bid for connection, and what the other does in that moment either builds up or tears down part of their relational foundation. And when you have foundation issues that don't get addressed, it's only going to do damage over time, right? But remember, it's what goes on relationally beforehand that creates your disposition one way or the other. Turning toward your spouse is much easier when you know your spouse's inner world and when you think fondly of him or her than it is when you're already disconnected and not thinking of your spouse. So that's how these three floors, as discussed in episodes 64 through 66, work together. Let me use one other example to hopefully put this in more concrete terms, and then I'll give you your action step for today. So remember, when we talk about turning toward versus turning away from our spouses, we're talking about the second floor of the sound marital house. So let's imagine that your bedroom is on the second floor and you make a bid for sexual connection that night. Well, your partner has a choice to make. He or she can either turn toward you emotionally and sexually or away from you emotionally and sexually which can look like ignoring you or just saying no, not tonight. But let's say your spouse decides to turn toward you, that he or she is receptive to your bid for connection, and you guys are sexually intimate that night. If you look at your spouse's decision from a bird's eye view, it's very likely that that decision was consciously or subconsciously influenced by other interactions leading up to that sexual encounter. So when we tease out external variables such as work, family, or other stress and we set those aside, when you look at the series of interactions that led up to your sexual encounter, you'll likely see interactions of mutual fondness, expressions of appreciation and admiration. And those sorts of thoughts, feelings, and expressions were likely preceded by the degree to which you all took time to pay attention to one another in the first place. Doesn't that make sense? Now, on the flip side, let's say you make a bid for sexual connection and your spouse turns away from you. Well, again, setting aside those other variables, it'd be worth considering in that moment, okay, when I look at the three levels of the foundation of our relationship, I guess I haven't really asked her how her day is going, or I don't even know that I could tell you what's going on in his heart or mind. Maybe you've just assumed that she's okay and that things are same old, same old. Or maybe you haven't really expressed your appreciation for who he is or what he does for the family. Maybe you were actually a little snippy toward him in front of your friends, or you were a little less than considerate of her in front of your kids. So you can begin to see how your spouse wouldn't automatically turn toward you emotionally, even if they accept your bid for sex. Take that in for a moment, maybe. That's a whole other can of worms for a whole nother episode. But hopefully through this more concrete example, you can see how these elements of building friendship and strengthening the foundation of your marriage work together to help you turn toward versus away from each other. So how do we learn to turn toward our spouses instead of away when sliding door moments appear, when those bids for connection are made? Number one, we have to begin to recognize them. As you think about your days and the ways you and your spouse relate, where do you see your partner making bids for connection? In the morning over coffee, through texts during the day, 
after work when they get home and ask you how your day was or come to give you a hug or a kiss on the cheek? What about at night, after the kids go to bed or once you guys get in bed together? A funny thing that Evan and I had to work through in the beginning of our marriage had to do with differences in our family of origin with how we made bids for connection. So my family has this dynamic in conversation where everybody will be sitting around together and one person will go, oh my gosh. And immediately, me or one of my sisters will go, what? And then that person will go on to tell a story. Or someone will say, the funniest thing happened the other day, or you'll never believe what happened. And then someone else in our family will go, what? And so it's like that opening line is not the beginning of a story, but a bid for connection. And I didn't even realize we did this until Evan pointed it out to me. And while he found it very idiosyncratic, and I found it a normal way to connect, recognizing it helped us tremendously in our marriage because I would do this to him and he wouldn't respond. And so where I used to think, man, he must not care at all about me or what I have to say, he would be thinking, why doesn't this girl ever finish a story? Why does she pause every time she starts a story? But once both of us saw it as a bid for connection, things started to make more sense. So, in order to turn toward our spouses when they make bids for connection, we have to begin to recognize them when they come. Number two, we have to know what distracts us. Because we can't begin to recognize bids for connection if we're not paying attention in the first place. Our time and attention, you guys, are arguably the most valuable things we possess. Evan and I were just talking about this on a walk the other day. And if we're mindlessly giving them both away, we're losing. We're missing out and squandering opportunities to invest in the things that matter most to us, or at least the things we say matter most to us. Because the thing is, when we fail to respond to our spouse's bids for connection, it's usually not out of malicious intent. More often than not, it's out of distraction, busyness, being focused on other things, and therefore unintentional when it comes to our marriage relationship. So what distracts you? Is it work? Your performance there or your vision for your business or your worry about making a mistake? Is it children? Your obsession with parenting just right and not messing them up? Or is it comfortability? Mindlessly scrolling through social media or YouTube videos or sports highlights because it's effortless, easier than engaging our real lives. We have to know what distracts us, what vies for our attention and pulls us away from our spouses so that we don't even have the opportunity to turn toward them because we're mentally and emotionally spaced out. And number three, we have to choose. It's that simple and straightforward. We have to choose to pay attention to know each other's inner world, to think positively and fondly of our spouses, and then to give our attention when the moments present themselves. Listen, at different times in our marriage, Evan and I have both been bad at this. Now, I would say we're really good at it in this season. But we've been intentional, really even more so over the past year, to put boundaries in place around our phones and the things that distract us. We've set limits on talking at night, and I've learned to respect him when he says, I'm really enjoying this conversation, Kinsey, that's already gone on for an hour and a half. He doesn't say that, but that's true. But can we go to sleep and finish this conversation tomorrow? And I've worked harder over the past six months since getting off of social media to give my attention to him, 
to his life, to our marriage, and to the things that matter most to me and to us. It's been a matter of really learning to put my money where my mouth is, so to speak. And I hope that as you think through this, you'll begin to do the same. So your action step for today is to walk through these three steps and discuss them with your spouse. And then in every interaction, I want you to ask yourself this question. Is this going to move me toward or away from my spouse? Is this thought, are these words, is this response or reaction going to move me toward or away from my spouse? Because it may seem inconsequential in the moment, but it's very consequential in the long term. So I'd love to hear how this goes for you this week. My prayer for your marriage today and moving forward is that you would be a couple who invests in the things that matter, that you would choose what's hard in the moment over what's easy, and that it would lead you to greater connection, deeper intimacy, and a stronger friendship for the glory of God and for the blessing that you'll be to others. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Love is not about Love is not a bond Love is just as fragile Hey there, Evan here. If you've enjoyed this episode, there are more ways to connect and work with Kinsey. First, would you take a moment before you go to subscribe, rate, and review the Brave Marriage podcast on Apple Podcasts? Your feedback means so much to us. Second, if you'd like to share your thoughts and feedback, you can do so by sending a text to the text machine at 859-221-3845. Or if you want to share openly, feel free to share this episode on social media, text it to a friend, or share in person with your friend group or small group. Finally, if you'd like to work with Kinsey through premarital or couples coaching, just visit bravemarriage.com and click on the services tab at the top. Again, that's bravemarriage.com.